What's going on, boxing fans around the world? It is Monday, September 14th, and welcome back to another episode of For All the Belts, the boxing podcast that will keep you updated. I am your host, Jacob Ibarra. I hope everyone had a relaxing weekend. I know I did with all the good games that went on. But enough about other sports. Let's talk about the fights. We kick things off with a recap of this past weekend. The Mean Machine is back in the win column, folks. He scored an 8th round knockout victory over Mikhail Zuski. It was a come-from-behind win for the Mean Machine, who was down on two of the three scorecards. The end started in the 7th round, actually, when Mean Machine scored a pretty vicious knockdown in the last remaining seconds. He landed a really nice uppercut off of Zuski's jab, which then wobbled Zuski, and allowing the Mean Machine to unload a fury of power punches until the referee had to intervene to start the count. Once the 8th round started, Mean Machine just landed one more big right hand to put Zuski down again, and the referee waved off the fight right after. It was a fun, competitive main event on ESPN+. Zuski seemed to be in control of the first four rounds with his reach and speed. He made sure to use the jab and that overhand right to, to keep the Mean Machine from getting inside to get anything going, really. However, from the fifth round and on, Zuski threw the jab less and let Mean Machine get on the inside to get his punches going. Zuski also... Excuse me. Zuski also relied only throwing one punch at a time way too many way too many times as the fight went on and once that happened it was just easier for mean machine to get inside land what he threw thus landing the power punches that ended the fight after the fight the mean machine got on the mic and asked for a rematch against the only man to defeat him professionally terence crawford he said that crawford does not have any choices in the, in the division except him so let's get it on with the rematch. I don't think that should be the next fight for Mean Machine. I think he should fight someone else under top rank, more like a Jose Benavides Jr. Before even thinking about a rematch with Terrence Crawford. He had a good performance, a good win. Not too impressive, even though he got the stoppage win. So maybe a few more wins, two, three max before, before a meaningful title fight again. But like I said, it was a good knockout win for the Mean Machine. Now in the co-main event of this top-ranked card, Joet Gonzalez defeated Miguel Mariaga by unanimous decision. I scored the fight seven rounds to three for Gonzalez, as did one judge, while two judges scored it nine rounds to one. Gonzalez did... Have did do a good job of using his natural size and strength to put Mariaga on the back foot for most of the fight. Gonzalez also won the exchanges between the two by being busier, being more accurate, and landing the harder punches. Mariaga did not look very comfortable in the ring this past Saturday. He seemed very stiff when trying to throw his combinations in the first half of the fight. But by the time Mariaga seemed to you know get the get that ring rust off of him, Gonzalez was just landing his right hand at will. However, Mariaga did make that fight competitive. And he did make, he made, um, what's his, Joette Gonzalez earned some of those rounds. So, no shame in the way he lost. But this victory puts Gonzalez in a position to fight the winner of the 
Emmanuel Navarrete, Ruben via fight for the WBO featherweight title. Also, this past Saturday, light heavyweight Anthony Yard won by stopping Dex Spellman in the sixth round. The win now sets up a future showdown against fellow countryman and rival Lyndon Arthur. So, Saturday was a good night of action for the hardcore fans. Can't complain. Moving on to the next subject, there has been an update with the biggest fight taking place outside the ring. The lawsuit Canelo and his team have made against the zone, Golden Boy Promotions, and Oscar de la Hoya for $280 million has been rejected by the Central District of California. The case was rejected on the grounds that Canelo's lawyers did not properly identify where these companies conduct their business. Until Team Canelo proves the citizenship of both businesses, the case will remain rejected by the courts. This does not mean it is the end of the legal feud technically. The judge on this case says Team Alvarez has until September 28th to file a first amended complaint in order to continue this lawsuit. If they do not file this complaint or reach the deadline, the case will be dismissed for good. What I find interesting about this case is that I learned that Canelo has never seen his current contract with DAZN. The only parties that have access to the contract are DAZN and Golden Boy Promotions. What's also interesting and a little weird, in my opinion, is that Canelo has made multiple requests to both parties to review his contract, and both parties have denied his request to do so. That is the main reason, according to Team Canelo, why his relationship with this promoter, Oscar de la Hoya, is fractured. Moving on to the co-main event of the episode, there is a little bit of bad news, folks. We have an unfortunate update to the fall boxing schedule. We, the fans, have lost the fight because of the old injury bug. Current unified light heavyweight champion Arthur Betterbiev has suffered a rib injury in training camp. Betterbiev was supposed to fight on October 23rd and defend his titles against Adam Danes in Moscow. Currently, both parties are looking to reschedule the fight for sometime in December. The last fight for Betterbiev was a unification fight against Alexander Gvochik, who happens to be teammates, former teammates of Vasily Lomachenko and Alexander Usyk back in the 2012 Olympics. But anyways, back to, back to what I was saying. That, that was Betterbiev's last fight where Betterbiev won via 10th round TKO to become the WBC and IBF light heavyweight champion. That fight took place on October 26th of last year, making it at least a year layoff for the champ. Betterbiev is no stranger to having long layoffs as a professional fighter, but I'm sure it doesn't get less frustrating. Hopefully he gets to get back in the ring pretty soon. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the main event of the episode. Looks like we're getting a heavyweight rematch after all. That's right, the sequel of Alexander Povetkin and Dillian White might happen as soon as late November. 
If you didn't watch or catch the result, Alexander Povyekin won the first matchup by way of fifth round knockout and is probably the winner for knockout of the year this year. White was actually winning the fight, winning the first four rounds on the scorecards. White also looked like he was about to get the knockout victory himself after getting two knockdowns in the fourth round. But, you know, this is boxing. It's heavyweight boxing. Anything can happen. Soon after that loss, White and his team took advantage of the rematch clause written in the contract, so that way they can have the immediate rematch. As of now, the fight is not official yet, but that hasn't stopped Dillian White from getting back to the gym for his next training camp. He's looking to get back his WBC mandatory status and finish the fight this time if he hurts Povetkin again. Now, I hope Dillian White wins the fight. I really do, actually. And hopefully, it, we eventually get to see a future fight between Dillian White and Andy Ruiz because they need to settle that beef. They've been talking a lot of smack about each other on social media, so I want to see them actually hash it out with some, some punches. That would be nice. But first, first things first, Povetkin White 2. And now we have reached the judges' scorecards. The end of the show where I bring up three topics I did not get around to talking to in detail like the main talking points, but still deserve a shout out. So today is the seven year anniversary of the hype of matchup that was Floyd Mayweather and Canelo. <laughs> I remember everyone I knew in high school was really excited for this fight for some reason. I remember I was a sophomore in high school. I was actually rooting for Floyd in this fight for two reasons. I did not buy into the Canelo hype after watching a few of his fights before the big one. I remember watching him against Josecito, Kermit Cintron, Shane Mosley, Austin Trout. I, I, I wasn't sold yet on Canelo. Not yet. But here's the, probably the bigger reason why I was rooting for Floyd. I just also didn't like how everyone knew I was the quote-unquote expert about the fights. And after asking me who would win, the people who kept asking me who I thought would win, they would try explaining to me why Canelo has a good chance of winning the fight. How are you going to come up to me and ask for my quote-unquote expert opinion and then tell me I'm wrong. Also, none of them ever saw Canelo fight. Just the highlights from the promos or the countdown episodes. That's it. Y'all don't even know who Canelo was, really. They even looked at me weird when I said I didn't even want to watch that fight the most. I wanted to watch Danny Garcia and Lucas Matisse. Now, I remember that fight. That one delivered on the expectations I set. Except who won the fight. That, that's it. Besides that, it was a great fight. Um, I mean, I don't like him, especially because of his dad, and I know a lot of you feel the same way. But man, you had to give Danny Garcia all the respect in the world. Fought the boogeyman in Matisse, took those power punches, and took him on the chin, and he outfought Matisse. That was impressive, man. That that was a career-defining performance. I still have my reserves about Danny Garcia sometimes. You know, 
I know he's he's accomplished a lot. And he's and he's a pretty good fighter. I I don't call him a great fighter, but he's a pretty good fighter. But I never ever question his heart in a fight or his chin after the Matisse fight. Much respect to Danny Garcia after that night. All right, moving on to the second part of the judges' scorecards. Does anyone remember Nicholas Walters? I recently I recently saw that he was supposed to have a comeback fight this year, but you know what got in the way of that. The former WBO featherweight champion was going to attempt a comeback this year in his native Jamaica between, and then see where he would go from there. I know it's been a while since Walters has fought, but I don't mind seeing him again. I know it looked bad when he decided to retire on the stool against Lomachenko back in 2016. But besides that very bad performance, he was a, he was a pretty exciting fighter to watch. I was a fan of the Axeman. Like, I remember I actually I got to see him Knock out Nonito Donaire live in Carson. Yeah, so he's 34 years old. But I'm pretty sure he's not washed up because he didn't really get into any wars in his career. So maybe his body is still kind of fresh, especially for the smaller weight classes. But who knows? Maybe he could make some noise in the 126 pound division. I, I wouldn't mind that. Like, I also wish he would come back so he can retire his career on a win. I don't want him to end his career on that really, really bad loss to Lomachenko. I hope not. And finally, you guys should check out that new countdown special by Showtime called The Journey, Charlo Doubleheader. It's a nice 30-minute special that gives you some insight on boxing's favorite twins, the Charlo brothers. Not this Saturday, but the next Jermel and Jamal Charlo will be defending their titles on Showtime pay-per-view. Jermel will fight Jason Rosario in a junior middleweight unification fight, while Jamal will defend his WBC middleweight title against Sergei Derevyachenko. It is a double pay-per-view. One will fight in the early afternoon, and the other will fight in the evening. I'll talk about these guys more and why I like them a lot. Next week, when the fights get closer, definitely watch it though. It'll get you feeling a little more hyped about their fights coming up. So it's a good watch. It's only 30 minutes, not not even that long. Also, Lions only. Well, that's it for today, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of For All the Belts. I'll be back soon to talk about to talk more about the fights, the news, and more boxing-related topics. I am Jacob Ibarra saying thank you and Till the next episode.